Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What's up? Back once again. It is the incredible in the black podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who know if you stay ready, you never have to get ready. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself, but you know I can never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of my podcast crew. Crush, say what's up, man. What's good, everybody? No doubt. L, say what's up. Man, no introduction needed. Y'all know who the hell it is up in this joint, man. <laughs> I ain't got to say a word. Y'all already know who it is. Oh it's your mama's favorite podcaster. What's happening? <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> have, we, have we gotten to, to, to the rapper intro level of this podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, like, bro. <laughs> say less. You know who it is. Shout out to DJ the, K Slay. The favorite flavor of podcast. You know, I see you. No bullshit. No bullshit. Paradise. I want to make sure that you guys. This is a special edition of the In the Black podcast. This is our Black Light segment. Our Black Light is when we take a deep dive into the people and organizations that deserve the deep dive. And we are excited to have a special guest with us this evening. But before we jump into all of that, if you are following us across uh, YouTube, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. It goes a long way. It's free. We know you guys are cheap, but please do us the favor. Finesse that subscribe so that you don't miss out on the next video. And you can follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. But before we jump into the meat and potatoes of the show, Elgin, tell these folks how they can become part of the family if they want to do that, man. Man, first, I want to say thank you to all of our patrons, man, who have been supporting us throughout this journey as we continue to build independent black media. But the way to become a part of that movement, because best believe it is a movement, you can head to our website, www.intheblackpodcast.com. Up in the right-hand corner, you'll see the Become Family tab. Click that joint. There's a number of options on that screen that you can participate in. You can give us money directly, right? Straight to our cash app, dollar sign in the black PDCST. We take that too. You can buy swag. You can buy different shirts. You can buy shirts that actually have the in the black podcast logo on there. So you can rock that to your favorite event. Let people know who you're rocking with. More importantly, you can go down and become a member of our Patreon. Listen. On our Patreon account, man, there's a number of things that you can do, but I want to highlight some of the things that you can receive, right? Because you will get your money's worth, your bang for the buck. The off-the-cuff segment is by far worth every little piece of change that you can scrounge up <laughs> from the backseat of your 45 Honda. You can do whatever you whatever you can do. You Goddamn. want to become a member of that. But more importantly, again, we really want to thank you guys, man, and shout out to all of our new patrons. Uh, I forgot my list with y'all names on it. You, you know who you are. We'll shout you <laughs> no guys joke. out better next time. Oh, oh, what's no. next, bro? No doubt. Now, tonight's episode is actually brought to you by Audiobooks Now. So, you know, here at the In the Black Podcast, we eat books up. Sometimes it gets a little pricey, but with Audiobooks Now, it's been a lifesaver, unlike some of those other, you know, we, they, mm -hmm. they won't be named. But if you go to our website, www.intheblackpodcast.com uh, black, forward slash audiobooks now, you can go ahead and click the link in there and you can get 50% off your first purchase across the entire website. So make sure that you check that out. It is an affiliate link. It won't cost you anything extra, but it helps to keep the lights on. So go ahead and continue to support your boys. Now, uh, like I said, we've got a special, a special guest tonight, man. So our special guest for this evening is a father a husband an author and a motivational speaker once a product of the indiana state foster care system he's proven that where you come from isn't the limitation to fulfilling your life's purpose now he travels the country continuing to fulfill his purpose by using his life's experiences to help students parents and their children bridge the communication gap and become the best versions of themselves. Please help me welcome the author of The Sun is Always Shining, a story of adversity turned to triumph, the Antoine DJ Johnson. DJ, 
I want to say thank you, thank cool. you, thank you, thank you. My man, thank you for showing up and being on the show. Man, uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate no the doubt. opportunity. Man, yes, what an intro. That was yeah. a beautiful he, intro. Well he, done. Yeah, man, that was amazing. <laughs> he, des Damn, he deserves bro. it, unlike some of these. I'm not, I'm a, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. We appreciate you showing up and being on the show, man. No doubt. Now, we are very familiar with you, but I would yeah. like for you to introduce yourself to our audience. Please tell us about yourself, man. Yes, yeah, so my name is DeAntoine Johnson. That's my government name, but I love to go by DJ Johnson to keep it simple for the people out there. Um, and I am a person who is, I don't know, I, I like to say I lead a double life at the moment. Uh, currently, I work full time at Fox on the sports side uh, for the show Speak for Yourself um, with Marcellus Wiley and Emmanuel Acho. Um, but uh, the other side of me is DJ Inspires LLC, which um, I'm a school counselor as well. And so I work in the schools with students, teens, high schoolers, um, and individual and group counseling. But I also do like parenting workshops and parenting uh, groups, uh, working with parents to try to help them better communicate with their teens. So that's me in a nutshell. Hmm. <sighs> um, you know you come you, on man let's, you, let's, let's, on. Let's, okay. you caught me off guard with that whole speak for yourself thing uh, yes <laughs> I think we were discussing it briefly off air you know that I have a love hate relationship with that show I enjoy how they break down the material um, but I'm not necessarily behind the the ideals, I guess, that they both hold. Now, given where that show is hosted from or who, who owns the show and yeah, the hosts, are you coming from a conservative background? I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but I'm really trying, I'm trying to get an understanding of how you, I guess, where, where you tend to, where, where you're leading, I guess, for lack of a better description. Um, I would, no, definitely don't have a conservative <laughs> background. Um, okay. And you know, it's so funny, like when I say I work at Fox, people already always think of Fox News, but it, it really is like a completely different thing. I actually, different I think yeah, heard that. Fox News is in a, I think they're in New York or based in New York or something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, and so yeah. we work out of LA and um, the studio is strictly sports and it's, it's pretty diverse um, in there, especially on our show. We got a, um, a lot of black folk that work on that show. Makes sense. So we got two black hosts. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not conservative. <laughs> not not the least bit. Um, and, and, you know, I can be I can work the show and do my job and do what I'm supposed to do without like being drawn in. Of course, conservative views. But yeah. you know who hosted the show before Emmanuel? That, that's, that's what I was going to ask you, sir. <laughs> Post Blaylock. <laughs> yeah. So I what I'll say from uh, Whitlock is that I, I think what he did for me is just just have me look at the world. Just we question like question everything, question mm -hmm. the side that I believe in and question the side that, you know, I don't sure. agree with. And so. I he's one of the people I still follow on Twitter because I, I I believe in following people I completely disagree with on, on yeah. occasion. Just you to kind of see learn what as an argument. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did, I gotta sure. learn to see where they come from, see their perspective, and I can still be like, oh, you know, I don't agree, and, and right. I hate them. Yeah. You know, I think that's right. what's yeah. part of our society is where we get it wrong, where we feel like, oh, I don't agree with them, so I hate them. It's like, no, you can disagree yeah. and yeah. not hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, no doubt, sure. no doubt. Sure. Go ahead, L. I know you've I know you've been burning for Listen, me. man. Ahead, I I this is DJ has been one of the people that I have been following on Twitter and other social media platforms for a while now. Uh the realm that he's navigating, this this gentle parenting, conscious parenting realm, which goes countercultural to pretty much the way that most black folks were raised is a predominantly white woman's space, yeah. right? And it's a predominantly a woman's space. Uh, to have a black man speak in the capacity that he does very bluntly, very directly, very challenging, very provoking of thoughts and feeling, which I think he does intentionally, uh, DJ, that'd be my first question. Yeah. Being in this particular field, which is predominantly female, how do you navigate that realm in that? Do you associate with others? How do you do your thing in that space as a black male? Yeah, I, I think, because you know, anytime 
I, <laughs> I feel like society, the way, at least in our culture, anytime you're not parenting and not even talk, all, even when you're not like when you're parenting and not hitting your kid is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it, it comes off as something that's a white thing. Like, oh, you're not hitting mm-hmm. kids. That's, that's white stuff. But I would challenge, you know, the audience out there to say, what if I said hitting our kids is a white thing? What if I said that, you know, where it came from, we could, you know, pinpoint slavery, but the idea of it is oppression, right? Um, Let's just go back to slavery. Like there's a point to which they were trying to keep the slaves in line and do certain things and and let them know who is in charge. And I think when Mm -hmm. we think about spanking, when we think about hitting, uh, the the, the idea, if we really want to be real, is our parents establishing the fact that they're in charge. Not necessarily sure. like trying to get our child to be the best version of themselves, but we want them to mm-hmm. follow rules. We want them to be in line. We don't, we like to say, we don't want them to get killed. So we want to hurt mm. them and make them feel a certain way in our home. And so for right. me, it, it didn't even, st- like I, I, the crazy thing is I wasn't even really posting parenting related stuff until I think about 2019, 2020. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I have been working in a space. I've been working with students since 2009. Uh, started in an after school setting with the uh, elementary age kids. And then I started working with high schoolers in 2014. And really, my work with the students is really what shaped kind of the work that I do on social media in terms of trying to defend kids and have us see them in a different light. Um, what, what's so crazy about one of the, I guess, things that people like always try to tell me about, you know, the gentle parenting way is that this is the reason why kids are wilding out now. And I'm like, no, Mm, you really want to do the math. Like 10 years ago in 2012, they did a study and 70%, Mm -hmm. more than 70% of those parents said, oh yeah, I would hit my kid. That was 10 years ago. Did we do the math? Those kids are in the fourth, fifth grade now. Like, so it's still prevalent. I think there was even another study about um, parents who said they would hit their toddlers uh, like two or, mm. or two and over or whatever it might be. And so if 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 there's a dominant parenting style, th- that is still authoritative, which is yeah. listen yeah. to what I say, do as I say, children should be seen as not and not heard and, and children should be hit. I, I You talk about my post, uh, Mr. Catch, and what one of the posts I had posted was Let's look at some of the issues and problems that y'all say we have with our society. Um, anger, frustration, uh, drug and alcohol yep. abuse, all these different things. Do y'all know that those are side effects of the authoritarian parenting mm. style? Mm. Mm. So how, mm. if we only have a few people practicing gentle parenting, is how, how can we broadly contribute that to the, the issues that we see with our kiddos? Yeah. So for me... It, being so learning and now getting into the space where I'm connecting with other parents and I'm starting to learn like, whoa, I have been doing this work with students based off of what I've been seeing from students, like real yep. life action. Later sure. is when I got education and started following mm-hmm. these IG accounts and other parenting accounts where I started mm-hmm. to put the pieces together like, oh, it all makes sense to me now. Not so sure. that's sure. been my motivation to like be in this parenting space, especially as a black man, especially as, you know, uh, there's not too many males in this space, not just you know, nope. Exactly. No, you're right, you're right about and that. It, it's for me, I know that my voice resonates because there's a view that I think I'm supposed to have, and for me, it's like, no, we got to love kids and we got to treat kids better. It goes countercultural, yeah, yeah. 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 One of the things when you mentioned the when you mentioned the data, it was this one I can't remember the report exactly, but someone did a report on. Uh, asking prison inmates mm, who were yep. in jail for severe crimes, yep. you know, how many of them were spanked and, you know, I call right. abuse, abuse yep. before they got into prison. And over, I think it was like 70 to 80% yep. of them were, because that's the logic, right? The logic yep. is if we spank and hit our children, we're going to keep them away from prison. This is right, but the data shows the exact opposite that that is not the way things work. Yeah, 
let's 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 get to the crux. Let's get to the crux of this, man. Yeah. I think that a, a majority of this, outside of the portion of oppression that you've already described, right? Yeah. A lot of this, especially in the black community, resonates from a biblical or maybe a misconstrued biblical understanding of child rearing. Yeah. How do you talk to parents that are trying to be biblically sound, love themselves Spare from the Jesus, child, and trying to raise raise their children? How do you have that conversation with them? I, being a Christian, I wanted to really do a deep dive into that particular scripture. I don't think it exactly says, there might be one version of the Bible that I don't even subscribe to as far as a version that I would read of the Bible Mm -hmm. that says exactly that. But most of the Mm -hmm. versions pretty much say like, if you withhold discipline, then you are spoiling your child. And if we think of the rod in, in the term that it was used in that particular scripture, Rod was used to guide the sheep and, and keep them from danger and, and mm. you know get them to where they needed them to go. They wasn't beating the sheep. <laughs> they wasn't <laughs> hurting the sheep with the rod. And so it's so crazy for people to you know misconstrue what that verse was. And, and more importantly, I think the big issue that keeps happening in our community is that people keep saying there's no discipline in the, in the world. Like mm. these kids don't get disciplined these days. No, I think what you're really trying to say is that there's no punishment. Mm. So like, when we think of right. discipline for me, I'm thinking about my own life. Like for me to be disciplined, you know, I'm, I'm making sure that I get up early for my workouts. I'm making sure that when I'm trying to drop mm-hmm. a couple of pounds that I'm watching what I'm eating. I'm, I'm making mm-hmm. sure I'm disciplined in my work, making sure I get to work on time. Like that's, that's the type of discipline we ultimately want our kids to have and and have for themselves. And so when we think of discipline, it's teaching them so that they can change future behavior. Punishment Mm -hmm. is, I need to make you suffer for what you did wrong now. Focusing on past behavior. Discipline in the in the purest form and how it should be focuses on future behavior because we want a change behavior in the future. Punishment is like I need to make you suffer for the past behavior that you did, not necessarily a conversation about how we move forward. So for me, I tell parents, look, like even if you want to subscribe and say spare the rock, spoil the child, for me, I, I feel like that that was in the old testament. And so Mm-hmm. What, I, what I've been learning about the Bible is that some of the, um, there's a new kind of way of being mm-hmm. as a Christian when Jesus came When the New Testament comes on board. Yes, no, you're Jesus. right. Exactly. And so right. for me, I'm like, okay, what would Jesus do? We, we used to ask that as a True. kid, but I'm like, really, yeah, what would Jesus yeah, do? Yeah, if we yeah, ask yeah, Jesus yeah. right yeah. now, would he say, oh, beat your kid? I would say, hold, no. hold up, DJ, DJ, DJ <laughs> take, take, take a step back. <laughs> yeah. I got. I know you. I know you hear this all the time. So I want to hear what your response is. I got a beating as a kid. Yep. I turned. I turned out right. fine. My no, mom, you didn't. My mom got beatings. No, you didn't. I got a beating. Like, so what's the big issue? Um. Of course, you know I love when people say that. And and I, I want to ask y'all, like, have y'all ever heard people who got spanked as a kid say like they turned out great? I always hear fine. I always hear all it's right. Always, it's always fine. I turned yeah, out all right. Never, I turned out never fine. Never great, outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, if we think about what the intent of hitting and spanking our kids is, it's to oppress. I need you to fall in line with the things that I need you to do in my house. I need you to listen. I need you to respect me. And ultimately what that becomes is an employee who is respectful, who listens, who stays in a job for, I don't know, I don't want to poo-poo on anybody, but I'm just trying to see, show how it like how it connects. If we are oppressive in our home, we end up raising a child who or ultimately becomes an adult who might be oppressed in, in a specific job where they stay there until they get retirement. And then all of a sudden they're looking back at their life like what wow. happened? Like, wow, that's we, a very interesting thing. You know, it's so funny. Like I I didn't start having conversations about purpose until my 20s. Like yep. I didn't have conversations about purpose when I was a kid. It was about listening, following rules, uh, yeah, ultimately getting yeah. a good job someday. That's going to pay the yeah. bills. That's going to give you good yeah. insurance. Like there's yeah. more to life than that. And yeah. you got a lot of people who are saying that they're fine, who are really living unhappy lives that are upset. <laughs> you know, anytime I post, I, I posted a, um, I posted a post recently on my Facebook that went viral, like literally almost 600,000 people seen this post. And what it said, simply, it just repeated, you didn't deserve to be hit as a child. And in my caption, I was like, yo, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that happened to you. You know, about 25% of the people responded to that, like, I did. The, the things that I did, like, 
but it, their response was out of the justifications of it. Yeah, yeah. I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. And I'm like, even it. if y'all were trying to convince me that spankings were good, you, you being angry and frustrated with me, I don't doesn't want that. Do doesn't do it. Doesn't do it. Okay. I mean, <laughs> and, and Crush, I want you to jump into as someone yeah. who's getting into. <laughs> Who's getting into the parenting field, right? Oh, <laughs> is that the quotation mark getting into? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> hey, 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 I'm not dictating what that dude does in the shoot. Show, so I'm, minding, I'm minding show. my business. I'm minding my business. No, but how how do you have that conversation with parents, with adults, yeah. black adults who have been carrying this generational, and I use that softly, right? This generational curse of this spanking since as long as they can remember. Right. Because it's very difficult to try or to exude new behavior when this old behavior is such a not just a part of you, but a part of your culture. How do you have that conversation? Well, I wanted oh, yeah. to say not just a, not just a part of the culture. Right. But yeah. also a part of the world society, because we live in a very punitive, retributive society. Yeah. So. Yeah. I wanted to add that part on DJ. So how do you have that conversation with folks? For me, I, so I unfortunately don't work with as many black families as I would like to the the Mm. nature of where I live. I work Mm. mainly with Latino families, which Mm. I've learned that they have a similar way of how they deal with their kids. Um, But you know, Mm. when I do have an opportunity to talk to black families and you, usually it's my friends or people that might go to my church. Um, Mm. I'm able to kind of hold space for kind of what that is. Cause I think we get into a space where I have in my notes growing up, we couldn't ask questions, right? Even mm-hmm. if it didn't make sense to us, we couldn't question authority. We couldn't question our parents. We couldn't say why we could like, we get smacked across the face. Right. And so mm-hmm. what that ultimately becomes is, is an adult who won't question either even their past or even question the things that are happening for them today. And so for me, I have to ask the questions and I challenge parents when I'm asking them the question, I said, by parenting that way, who does it ultimately serve? Mm. Does it serve you? Does it, does it serve a greater thing that was put into place to keep us a certain way? Like mm. we always joke about, Oh, little Timmy, little Timmy. And it's like, you know, we laugh about the way little Timmy was raised, but I, I bet little Timmy feels empowered to, to, to start establishing business. I bet little Timmy feels empowered to do certain things in his lives where we, in, in our black and brown community, if I can add them to the fold, like, sure, please. They have issues in school where they won't even, like, let's say they're fell in class, they're afraid to talk to their teachers because you and your house said, oh, kids should be seen and not heard or uh, get out of grown folks conversations. So you're not even giving them a practice of conversation between an adult and a child, but Hey, you are the first adult in your child's life. Why not give them that practice when they do go out into the world and, and practice? So for me, it's about asking questions, like questions that I felt like we weren't allowed to ask when we were kids. Like, why are you hitting me? This hurts. Yeah. Like I, I know people were like, oh, spanking and hitting is different. I know I put it in my notes. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't differentiate between spanking and hitting. It's all the same. Because the brain mm-hmm. doesn't go. It's we have a flight, fright, or freeze response in our brain, right? Yeah. And so if I'm being threatened in any way, whether it's a tap or, or worse, it's all the same in my brain of like, oh, but what happens in our brain, I believe, is we get to a point where you know what? This hurts me. I, it doesn't feel good. But because the person that loves me is doing it, it's okay. So my brain tells me that it's okay. And ultimately what that becomes is I get into relationships. And when I get hit in relationships, oh, it's okay. They love me. So for me, it's asking questions. Because if we look at how it's done, how we've been parenting, it don't make sense. It don't make sense to raise healthy, um, thriving young people. For me, we, we've raised people up that are not thriving. Really, mm. we're surviving. Mm-hmm. So when people say they're fine, they really should be saying I'm surviving. Yeah, go ahead, Crush. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I completely understand the uh, religious context behind this kind of parental punishment, but it had me thinking, like what Elson implied. You know, I, I, I had to wonder if this kind of punishment in our society was more or less a, really an outgrowth of being a capitalist society, um, yeah. where. Um, in order to just maintain your existence, you know, and to, especially within a family structure, this kind of punishment was probably the most con- quote unquote convenient and efficient. Oh yeah, good point. Per, I mean, per the demands of everything else in your life. Yeah. Um, you do like because what you're asking them to do 
is is the right thing to do, but it's also yes. much harder. <laughs> you yes. know, much, mm -hmm. much, it involves actual discipline because discipline yeah. is instilled, not inflicted. Exactly, and it, such a good point. I oh, go ahead. Oh, because I mean, growing up, I I, I had to you know give credit to my father. He uh, he never hit me, mm -hmm. and um, mm. that's wow. I, I, and I don't, I don't say wow like disparagingly. So please don't take it wrong. But I'm thinking like every ethnic, as me as a Nigerian American, yeah. uh, Crush as a Caribbean American, it is almost by second nature yeah. for ethnic parents to not be afraid. Whether you're, I know some kids, I know some sure. adults now that their parents are, you know. In my parents' age range, and they still not afraid to give their kid a good pop when they talking to him. So yeah. to hear him say that his dad never put a hand on him, I'm like, yeah, that's a groundbreaking in and of itself. Ironically, I have a younger sister though, and um, my mother did spank her once. However, it did not stop this later six-year-old child from painting her ceiling green. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that did not stop her at all. Yeah. yeah, you you said something important that I wanted to touch on, and that is parenting being hard. And I always say it's like my favorite saying when I work with parents is, um, <laughs> "Parenting, parenting is not hard because of our crumb snatching kids. Parenting is hard because of the energy, and effort that it takes to be the best parent that you need to be." And so, man, shock said it. Or Crest said it perfectly, like, you, the reason why we ultimately are not parenting this way, the reason why we keep making excuses, the reason why we keep calling it a white person thing, because to really do this work the way it's intended, it's hard. It's too much work. So people say, oh, man, it, it was hard for me to spank my kid. Like, no, it's easy. Like, I, my son ain't walling out this week. Like, I wish. I could just, because yeah, that's easy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, for me, yeah. it's been about, I always tell parents, if you're taking notes, like for me, the way that I respond to behaviors, whether it be teens, whether it be my five-year-old or about to be five-year-old son, is that I don't respond out of anger and frustration anymore. At least I try to, but the majority of the time I respond out of curiosity. Like yeah. I'm asking myself questions of like, what's going on? Like yeah, what's behind? Yeah, like, did yeah. he have a tough day at school? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going through. Is he hungry? Because you know, is he hungry? Has, like, yeah. He, he has um, <laughs> I forget the exact term, but he, like he has eating issues. Mm. Um, and like, and that's another thing. Like, I, I, I haven't posted. I haven't posted yet, but it's something I'm thinking about. Like, yep. yeah, like yeah. we, we would get mad at our kids for certain things that turns out to be developmental, or turns out like I used yep. to get in trouble for not finishing my food, right? Like, and yep. so my son. There's a lot of times where he doesn't finish his food. There's a lot of times where we try to get him to eat something he won't. Mm. Well, it, it's called a food. He has a food aversion. So, like, sure. it's, it's it's something that's there for him that keeps him from eating food the way that we eat sure. food. Sure. And so sure. we had to have him in therapy. We had to, but I imagine that when he was younger and he was having those issues at first, what it would have, how it would have turned out if I just hit him and hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully yeah, he start yeah. eating what he's supposed to. So for me, mm. be curious about our kids' behavior. Like go through the developmental track, and this is why I feel like we need to learn. Man, this. please say that again. Because Goodness there's so gracious. much like there's so much behind kids' behaviors. Like it, it could be like I said, developmental. It could be whether they ate. It could be you. You know, scared them. It, it could be so many different things. Um, and yeah. so for us to be in a space as parents where we're curious and we're trying to figure things out, ultimately. Thinking of the long run, right? Parenting, yeah. I think in the black community, we want parenting to be a sprint. We want parenting to be easy. We want it's parenting a marathon. to be it's up a on a grueling, platter. grueling marathon, yeah. my yeah. guy. Grueling marathon. And why, why would I ever complain about my kids not wanting to talk to me? Yeah. Shit, if I beat the shit out of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. and we don't we don't even understand that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't do understand that. that at all. Exactly. And that's part of it, right? We, we don't understand that the I don't know yeah, yeah. we we don't understand that the behaviors that we're demonstrating to our kids as young are yeah. seeds that are going to be developed when they get yeah. older. Yeah. You yeah. may never see the harvest. No, nope. somebody is going to see the harvest. Yeah, right. Yeah. Somebody else is going to experience that, and you yeah. hope it bears one thing fruit. That I, I, I'm constantly saying to people when I. Because it took me a while to get to the point where 
I felt like spanking and corporal punishment and hitting and all those things and punishment were all the same thing. I don't separate. I don't delineate between them. I don't do any of that, you know, mental gymnastics. But the one thing I often say to people is if we treated adults the same way we treated and responded to children, most of y'all would be in jail right now. You can't use the same logic that you use with children in defense of domestic violence. You can't use the same logic in those, because you can't say, I hit her because she wouldn't pick up and clean the kitchen. But we can do that to a small defensive child Mm -hmm. and have some kind of justification for that. But the one thing I wanted to to get your thoughts on was the eating component. Because I think that's one of the areas where parents really struggle when it comes to children's behavior, right? Because most of us work, we work horrible jobs that really don't appreciate us. We come home and have to do similar responsibilities at the house. We want to prepare a meal that our kids are just going to wolf down and eat without complaint and get up and move away. So a lot of the discipline things that I often see take place is at the dinner table, whether it's breakfast, Mm -hmm. lunch, or dinner. What are some of your thoughts around that aspect, how we discipline and how we cultivate a autonomous environment for our children at mealtime? I think... It, it, it really depends on your specific household. Let's start there. But more importantly, like, um, and I think this is one of my tips um, that I was going to give earlier, but like, how do we deal with the things that come up for us as parents? So for usually if something upsets us about our kids, it's usually a trigger that we have from something in our past. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it's, you know, we don't, we don't waste food here because maybe you're in a situation yeah. where wasting food is a big, you know, that's a big deal. And you don't bring in as much money as you would like. And it's, it's an issue. Um, but for me, it's ultimately like, okay, figuring out how y'all can work together as a kid. And I know that's so hard for so many people like work together with a kid. It's a kid. Like, yeah. But for me, I see a kid as a human being. I see a kid as a person who is just needing to, to have space help for them to become the adult that we ultimately want them to be, no matter what age they are. Um, and you mentioned autonomy, like as early as two kids are looking for some type of autonomy in their lives. And oh, forget about when they're teens, because they absolutely at that point, they have some autonomy at, at that point, but are looking for yeah. even more as a yeah. team. And so yeah. when I think about the eating aspect, it's just for me, like I try really hard not to have like these, power battles, power struggles with my kid. Like I, I don't, I always get on parents about I'm the parent, like having to express the fact that they're a the parent, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, what yeah. does that mean? Show me though. Yeah. Like show me in your yeah. actions that you're yeah. the parent, because really a lot of the work that we do as parent really comes from our modeling. Cause our kids are watching us mm. watching, watching every They're They're hearing what I we're saying. Um, and so they, they are more apt to follow your lead through your actions than they are than what you say to them. Especially, I, I tell parents, I remind parents all the time, like, if you are constantly, if you're constantly bringing your kid down, meaning you're always pointing out their flaws, always telling them what they did wrong, always Ooh. telling them that they're not good enough, like, I'm going to tune that voice out, just like you would if an adult or anybody yeah. else was telling yeah. you those things. Yeah. And so yeah. for me, I, I challenge parents to have even conversations, right? So a lot of times our conversations, you're the parent up here talking to the child down here. But how, like, we need to make sure that we're having even conversations, especially as your kid gets older, yeah. so that they know I can come, even though I know my mom is going to get on me if I do something wrong, I can at least come to her during emergencies when I really need them the most. And I think ultimately we in the Black community in particular have this saying where I, I'm not going to be friends with my kid. You gotta be something to him. Yeah. No, no, you're good. No, you're good. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you this question, man. Um, as we described in the beginning of the show, you did spend a portion of your childhood in the foster system. Yeah. How much of that part of your life affected this way of thinking or this methodology that you've come up with now? Um, it, honestly, like the 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 part of my childhood that is so like loud in my brain 
is the trauma that I was that I experienced before I got into foster care. Honestly, mm. foster care was thankfully I was in kinship care, which I ended up staying with family member, uh, extended family members. And so prior to foster care, I had a life or a childhood. Um, there's a study called the adverse childhood experience. It's basically there's 10 like themes. the ACEs test. Yep. ACEs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's 10 things that they, you know, test you for like it's emotional abuse, physical abuse. All the, mm-hmm. you had a parent go to jail. You had a parent um, have a mental illness, all these different things. Right. Um, by the time I was in middle school, I had experienced all 10 of those things on that test. And to mm. give y'all context, you're like, oh, 10 is the highest that you can get one. Yeah. The other thing is if you score a six or higher on this test, what they found is the lifespan, your lifespan could be ten, can potentially be shortened by 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And on yeah. top of that, a four or higher, I believe, subjects you to uh, drug and alcohol abuse, yeah. um, all these other things and problems that we see. And so you hear people say, oh, I turned out fine, but they have a drug issue or they, they, With their they abuse they're alcohol. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, did you know? Yeah. And I, yeah. and for me, a lot of the conversations with parents is coming to grips with our past. Because I think when we question our past, it says, oh, our parents were bad. Well, two things can be true. Your parents true. didn't meet your full needs as a child, and they did the best that they could. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And I think that's the trauma component, right? When we begin to actually understand trauma and how trauma literally changes your biology within your body and it affects that fight, flight, or freeze when you see so much violence in our community. And again, I don't want anybody to think that we're just picking on our community, saying that our community doesn't have the ability to regulate themselves. As with anything, there's context. And the trauma component is crucial to understanding all of that criminalized conservative yeah. right-wing data that is put out there if you don't add yeah. trauma to it you're going to think we're savages you're going to yeah, think definitely. we're a beast but yeah. if you add the trauma component and i think about my parents all the time like i have a older daughter who's 25 and then i because i'm crazy i have a seven four and three at home right so mm-hmm. this is a huge gap i spanked my 25 year old mm-hmm. right I don't spank my kids at all. Like that's not even within the realm of thinking in a conversation. That's also what you're tired though. <laughs> you, ain't, you, ain't got the, you ain't got the energy for all that. No, no, no. I still, you know, I still get to run. Don't, don't do that. But my older, my older daughter often will reference the way that I disciplined her, and she's excited that I don't do that with my younger kids. But I had to do the work to address what I did to her, right? I think that's the component. So when you're doing your work and parents are coming out of that mindset of thinking that spanking is the way, what are some of the things that you can help them, some tips you can provide for parents who no longer want to do that? but still want to grow and strengthen a relationship with their children. I said, um, I don't know what I fully subscribe to in parenting. I know you mentioned gentle. I know you mentioned conscious. Uh, sure. but all I know is I want to keep my hands to myself, one, and I want to make sure that I don't parent out of fear. Mm-hmm. And, and the fear that my child will be a failure, fear that my child mm-hmm. will be killed, fear that they will be dis- disrespectful to some adults out there. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm tr- I try my best not to parent out of fear. So we'll start there, right? And I think yeah. as a parent who's fresh, they're like, you know what? I hear these brothers, they talking good. Uh, I want to try to stop hitting my kids. Come start on. with yeah. writing down why you have all these different fears and why you feel like you hit in the first place. Was right. it passed down? Do you really truly feel like it worked for you? Um, I, I want to ask you, what did you not get as a child that you wish you did? Like before the trauma, you know, <laughs> glazed your memory and made you feel like you deserve what you got as a child. Like try to remember what you really wanted. Uh, was there a conversation that you wish you had? Was there uh, a, some bonding or connection that you wish you had? Like for me, we, mm. we say in the parenting world, connection before correction. There is no correction that you can give to a child without connecting with them. People ask me, man, I don't understand how you're so good with working with teens. Well, I connect with them. And once I have a connection with them, then we can. So 
then I have students there in the hallway not doing something that they're supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? So I, I, I say, hey, what's up, man? And because that connection is there, they're like, oh, my bad, DJ. You know, I'll do better next time, right? Because they, they want to do it because of the connection that we've created. I think what we've done in our parenting style, maybe inadvertently, we're not realizing it, that we have severed the connection, one, every time we smack and hit our kids, but two, every time we told them that their voice didn't matter, that their feelings didn't mm. matter. Yeah. So if you tell me those three things on a consistent basis, I'm of course I'm gonna be an adult and not want to talk to you as a child. You know what I mean? You're, okay, let me. I think we've done a very good job of tackling this conversation about corporal punishment, but I think yeah. one of the elements of parenting that's probably the most, one of the negative elements of parenting that we haven't really tackled is the verbal verbal abuse. Mm -hmm. Right. We were yeah. in the very beginning of the show. We talked about the biblical aspects of it. The Bible says that the, the tongue is as deadly as a sword. Oh, right? yeah. If there you follow the Bible, right? <laughs> Let's follow it for real. Right. And there's a lot, I think that there's a lot of people that, I mean, it's, it's a new aged element to think about yeah. it, but there are a lot of parents that are either not beating their children, straying away from that, but being that parent that, can basically say whatever you want, quote unquote, yeah. to your kids. Yeah. That's a deeper, deeper, mm. deeper, more rooted trauma that you can't shake. You can shake off a beating. Scars, yeah. physical scars heal, right? Yeah. But there are things that people will, and I'll give you a quick example. I have an aunt of mine, her parents, this is, she's damn near 60 years old, okay? And her parents in Nigeria, they never beat her. But one of the most traumatic portions of her childhood was the relationship she had with her mom. She yeah. said that her mom could say things to her that almost at one point when she was a teenager, she damn near committed suicide. Mm. And this is a woman that never raised her hand to her, but yeah. always knew how to push those buttons, knew what to say. How do you how do you have that conversation with adults to have genuine open, transparent conversations with their children. And I want to specify that again. Yeah. Open and honest, transparent conversations with their children. How do you have that conversation? You said it yourself. I remind parents, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so like, yes, I, you working with me as a parent, we, I'm the, one of the first things I'm making sure that you do is make sure that we're not speaking death over our kids. They, our child, your voice as a parent becomes your child's inner voice as they get older. I'm going to say that again. Your voice as a parent to your child becomes their inner voice as they get older. And so think about some of the things that you slip up and say to your kids. And if whether or not you want that to be their inner voice as they get older. And for me, like, we... Man, speaking to our kids in, in certain lights, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put the you know, PSA out there. Like parenting is hard. We said that earlier, but more importantly, stop trying to be perfect. Stop trying to be Ooh. a perfect parent. That doesn't exist. You're not going to get it right. You're not. I used to hate when parents would expect certain things out of you and be tore from the flow up themselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want me to be damn near perfect and your ass over here like <laughs> not That'll preach. I'd rather not fake the funk and, and, and pretend like I got my stuff together when I'm forcing, you know, trying to force my kid to be a certain way. And I'd rather say, look, I messed up. I yelled at you. My bad. I apologize. Yes, I apologize to my kid. Yes, I apologize mm -hmm. to my son. Yes, I apologize to the students I work with. If I mess up, I'm going to own up to it. If I'm not meeting the standard, I model what it looks like to, to get back on track. And that becomes the lesson for the kid as opposed to pretending like I got it all together. So when we talk about talking to our kids, like be real with them. Because the reality is you're an adult. You mess up. You make mistakes. Okay? Yeah, man. Help them yeah, yeah. learn and mess Not up. Not do the same mistakes. thing. Yeah, do, you think that, do you think that the biggest part, of, and I'm, I'm asking all of you, okay? Do you yeah. think that the biggest part that all of this, the corporal punishment, the verbal abuse that it stems from is, and maybe not 100%, but where that it stems from a fear of failing as a parent because you don't want your kids to go out into the world and they think that either that one, you're a bad parent, or two, to see your child get into a situation whereby you can't rescue them from. Right? Do you think that that's where it stems from the failure, fear of being a failure as, uh, as a parent? In a warped sense. Yeah. 
I think a lot of the parents that I work with are they don't want to have a failing student because it feels they feel like it's an indictment of them as the parent. That's and good. I always remind them, like, you know, your kid does the work, like they are responsible <laughs> for doing what they're supposed to do. If they they're fail, that's do. their failure. If right. you did your part, if you did what you were supposed to do as the parent, wipe your hands of it. Okay, kid, you want to be a failure? That's on you. Just know that I'm here to support you when you don't want to be a failure again, right? So I remind parents, don't take on your child's failures. In fact, let them fail. That's a very important way for them to learn and and grow and be the best. I'd say some of my favorite students are students who've been super behind in credits and they were able to figure out a way to graduate, whether they went to continuation school, maybe, maybe they took extra credits, they did credit recovery, they did all these things to ultimately graduate. I feel like they are more prepared for life than the kids who just kind of, you know, got straight A's or B's or whatever it might be because they fail, figured out a way to get back up. And that lesson, I feel like, is going to carry them as they go through many different situations in life where it's going to where they're going to need to be have adversity. Do you think that's and I think I think the fear component is huge. Right. But I also cannot deny the the conditioning that we get on a daily basis to be punitive towards each other. We have been Mm, conditioned mm. on every aspect in every way. If you don't do well at your job, you get fired. You have disciplinary, you get school, you get suspended at school. You commit a crime, you go to jail. There's not grace and mercy in anything that we do. TV shows, movies, it's all punitive and retributive. So that conditions us. When you're doing this type of parenting, you're going against a whole culture that is telling you in every form of fashion, your kids are screwed up in school, IEP, extras. It's, It's just... Everything is conditioned, so it's that fear component and the conditioning. It's hard to break that, man. But you don't think there's also a cultural portion of it that's tied to, and I I don't, I know it's a catchphrase in most instances, but that's tied to white supremacy. Because as DJ's breaking it down, right, it's like, okay, we as black parents, we are so closely tied to the results of our children because american culture tells us collectively the failure of one of us is the failure of all of us all of us have mm. to account for one another whereas with white folks it's boys will be well, boys and I kids think will have their I issues think that's part they, of it though i think to be we're having a we're having a black a conversation about this in a black context yeah but to open it further we got to make sure that we understand white folks is out here whipping their kids yeah. on True. the same level, if not more than True. what we're I, I can doing. Dig it. I can we're dig doing it. it for different reasons, for the most part, as a protective survival twisted, right? Yeah. They're doing it typically out of anger because they don't know how to regulate themselves. So that distinction, I just, yeah, it's yeah. wild out in these streets. DJ, sorry. To your point, like another thing that I talk to parents about is it, it, let's say this world is as crazy and chaotic as we make it out to be. And I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying, let's just kind of paint that picture. Right. Why wouldn't you want your house to be the safest place that your child is? is? Like, why wouldn't you want the home to be the safest space it could be? And what I mean by yeah. space, safe to make mistakes, safe oh, to have their man. voice heard, safe to have their feelings validated. Like, why wouldn't you want that to be the safe space? Like, I, I remember as a kid growing up, the safest space for me was at school. Because mm. I didn't want to be at home. Yeah. I, I would stay at yeah. school as long as I could before I went home because I knew that that place didn't yeah, feel safe. Yeah, that's me. good. That's and good. So I need for parents out there, at the very least, like I know that you feel like this, I got to protect from the world. I got to do this. Like the best way that you can protect them is hold space for them in your home. Safe to make Man. mistakes, as I said. Safe to have their voice heard and safe to have their feelings validated. Start there. Yeah. Start there. Yeah. Start with that connection. See if things don't change for you. Where, so as a kid, where was y'all's safe space? DJ mentioned his. Mm-hmm. Where was yours? Mine was the comic book shop because mm-hmm. I can go in the comic book shop and fa- fantasize about other worlds and superheroes and things along those lines. I can be I love that. me in a comic book shop. Where was yours, Owen Crush? Where was your safe place as a kid? Hmm. Man, um, I guess uh, similar to yours, you know, comic book store. Mm-hmm. Video games, you know, mm-hmm. but but um, I felt safe at home though. I felt okay. safe. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't really. Yeah. Right on. That's what's up. And, 
Yeah, that's what we want. Yeah. It was my sister that was getting the baby. <laughs> so she, she, was, she was wilding out. Oh, she was wilding. Yeah, I bet you her yeah. story's a lot different than what you're telling. So. Well, or where was yours? I was, I was though? a witness. I was this. Uh, yeah, listen, man, you was, you was you. I was a witness. You got you got it too indirectly. Uh, oh, oh, where was yours at, bro? Uh, listen, to be very honest with you, I don't know if I necessarily had a safe spot. I tried to wherever I, I could. Wherever I could escape, I escaped to. And I was, I won't say that my situation was as bad as DJ. I would never say that. Mm-hmm. But I, I never wanted to be in the house. So I found, I found sports. I found maybe the library, something yeah. like that. And I would be away. As, as soon as I was able, I, all jokes aside, as soon as my mom gave me the 75 cent, the dollar 10, excuse me, the dollar 10 I needed for my bus pass and the 50 cents to make a, a phone call at the pay phone. I tried as much as possible not to be home if I could help it, man. So yeah. I can dig it. I can dig it. DJ, we want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank man, you for being bro. on and just dropping jewels for us. This we cannot say thank you enough. Before we get you out of here, man, before we get you out of here, please. Tell the good folks where they can find you if they'd like to find you, man. Yeah, so the parenting goodness, <laughs> dropping of gems can be found <laughs> at DJ Inspires Parenting um, on IG, as well as DJ Inspires Purposeful Parenting on Facebook. Um, and just connect, you know, if you heard something on here and you need more questions or you just need, well, if I can't help you, I got some folks, you know, that 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 can probably get you across the finish line as well. So even if it ain't me, reach out so we can get you connected to somebody. Cause there's people, it's man, there's some amazing black folk out here who are encouraging folks to stop hitting their kids basically, but really, um, you know, prioritizing connection with our kiddos so that we can ultimately have them thriving and not just surviving. So, and then djinspires.com and yeah. Incredible. Crush. Where can people find you if they want to find you, man? Man, you can find me on Instagram as usual at SP Methods. No doubt. L, where can folks find you if they want to find you, man? Man, you can find me everywhere at Elgin Bailey. Uh, yeah, come through. And I'm Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on both Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore In the Black. And I want to thank you guys for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick it with us, and we appreciate it. Shout out once again to the incredible Antoine DJ Johnson. Thank you for being on the show. We can't say thank you enough. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come on over and become a member of the family. Join our Patreon. You will not regret it. But until next time, as always, informed, intelligent, in the black. In the black. Peace. All right.